Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America and we're really happy that all of you great folks are tuning back in and joining us today for another episode. Uh, sitting across from me is Ron Robbins, the star of the show. Hey, good morning, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ron, I'm, I was thinking about it this morning when I was driving into work. I'm not sure if we've really shared your background uh, of what you do on it. Well, we, I'm sure our listeners have a pretty good idea, yeah. but why don't you tell them a little bit about your background and uh, where you came from in agriculture? Yeah, so uh, um, can date myself here a little bit, but uh, of course, grew up on the family farm in Sackets Harbor and uh, started working at the farm when I was basically old enough to walk and uh, and graduated from high school at Sackets, went to JCC, took a couple years of business and had already kind of branched out on my own and started farming and uh uh, and of course, working alongside my dad, and my uncle, and uh, uh, then got married to my wife Nancy. And uh, through the eighties, we, uh, we we can see the difference that made. Yeah, you. that thank was, God for that, Nancy. That was the big plus right there. <laughs> and uh, so, long story short, uh, you know, we've continued the family farm business, expanded it. Now, uh, of course, have my son Brian and my daughter Julia both involved in the business. Brian uh, is part owner now, and uh, uh, of course, we branched out with uh, both the dairy and the crop operation, a trucking business, and then Old McDonald's Farm, which is really what we're. The Robbins family is famous for. Nancy yeah. started that business in 1986, uh, and here we are today. I, I tell her, you know, not a lot of uh, sole proprietorship, small businesses like that start with basically nothing and last 35-plus uh, years. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess um, not. Yeah. Uh, started out with what a, a pony or yeah kind of a goat and a sheep and a baby calf and a pony and a picnic <laughs> table and sold some sweet corn and uh and her city friends come out and uh and she gave the kids a pony ride and uh yeah that's where it all started so humble <laughs> beginnings for sure well it just goes to show you don't have to start with a million dollars to make a successful business no no and it you know that business has been pretty unique it's grown yeah. a little bit every year we always try to add something and uh you know we've really taken a focus of uh entertaining guests uh but at the same time educating them about agriculture right, and, uh, right it's really what keeps us excited uh about what we do and about the ag industry here in the county when you really see how important it is to the general public to learn about modern agriculture and where their food comes from right right now julia runs old mcdonald's farm for right. the most part correct now? julia now runs that uh handles all the day-to-day -day operations there uh she also works uh for me a little bit in the trucking side of the business and then brian of course is uh general manager of the dairy and uh 
involved in all the day-to-day operations for the whole business. So uh, we're pretty fortunate. And then we have Julie's husband, Jake, now, the famous Jake Ledoux, uh, the millennial <laughs> farmer. Uh, we're, we're grooming actually him. In, actually in a Dodge commercial yeah, with, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, for with Corbin Easton. That's um, so cool. My God, that kid. He can... Uh, <laughs> I, I think Jake's one of those guys. He can sell ice cubes to Eskimos and uh, yeah. and get them to pay dearly for them. Yep, so yep. Uh, I, I have no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Well, he's just you know he he remind him and my son are are almost two peas in the pod because they've just they're big guys first. Of yes, all. yeah. So they've got that presence. And they both have big smiles. Yes. You know, the minute you see them, they give you that big old smile. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to warm up to this guy. And you're afraid to say no because they're so damn big. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we have a lot of fun. We have our challenges every day. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, Jay, you and I talk a lot about weather and what is going on here lately. Yeah. Normally, Lake Ontario really shields us from these major rainstorms. I mean, and what is happening? Well, what what I've been watching with the patterns, Ron, is normally you know normally the weather comes from west to east. So the things that we get usually are going to come across Lake Ontario this time of year. And this time of year, Lake Ontario has a tendency to stabilize the air masses moving across it because it's still cold compared to the air mass above it but this year what's happening is the the systems are coming more uh southwest to northeast scraping just under the lake yeah and and then coming right up through the county like on the 81 corridor right right Yep. And so we're 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 not getting that stable stabilizing effect off the lake for the most part. I right. Mean, yep. And uh, so yeah, that's why we're getting the rain. Um, but, but I hope it stops because we just started baseball season for yeah. the Watertown Rapids last night. I did not think we were going to be able to play. Yeah. That but, uh, the field dried out okay. Yeah. They. Uh, I'll give the grounds crew for the city of Watertown Parks and Rec. Give them a lot of credit. They are very good at getting the field in shape um, because the day before yesterday, it was a lake. Oh, yeah. I mean, that rain we had Wednesday just, I mean, it was unbelievable. You know, everybody knows I spent some time in Florida, and when it rains in Florida, I mean, it rains. Yeah, and and they're about to get it, too. Yeah, and they're getting it today. Um, But it reminds me of these rainstorms. They just blow up, and they just rain like it's never rained before. Yeah just terrible lots of so the the fields uh in the southern part of the county they're they've got all the moisture they need yeah uh and actually very southern jefferson county towards the oswego county line has missed a lot of these rains at least the severity of it they've had rain but not to the extent as you come up henderson bay uh and uh into sackets uh uh, just the way those storms have kind of come up, like you said, from the from the southwest to the northeast, uh, have kind of missed that very southern end of the county. But boy, the northern end of the county uh, kind of comes right up Black River Bay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, like you said, skirts underneath the the open waters of the lake. Yeah, and uh, wow, uh, just uh, you know, so farms. 
farms in that area really are struggling here to, you know, get crops planted, get the hay harvested. Some of the crops that have planted are, uh, are had, have had way too much water. There's some dead spots where there's been ponding in the fields. Uh, right, right. So, and it's my understanding that southern St. Lawrence County is kind of the same way. Really? Okay. See, I haven't followed that uh, very closely. But yet, Lewis County is, for the most part, pretty good shape because, you yeah. know, it's really hugged the... Yeah, the, it's, it's just scraped... It, yeah. It's really a lot of the, the a lot of the storms have followed the uh, eighty one corridor. Yeah. So Lewis County not so much, and yeah. right along the lake not so much. Because so. what we normally see is uh, you know the lake kind of stabilizes, then it hits the Tug Hill Plateau and blows up and blows up, and uh, and it's just the opposite this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So uh, I, I'm assuming that. A lot of corn has gone in, or are they still... Yeah, so a lot of corn got planted, uh, it would have been three weeks ago now, between the 8th and the 15th, we had a really good week of weather, and uh, and then it's been, since then, really hit or miss, so guys okay. are really struggling to finish up, and uh, so that's kind of where we are. We, we really need a dry stretch here, but geez, like this morning... Um, Got up this morning, beautiful sunrise, little breeze, and next thing you know, a cloud bank rolls in, and the temperature dropped about fifteen degrees. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's we keep getting these these chill offs. Yeah, and then you get a little bit of rain with it, and it just you know doesn't allow. Yeah, you can feel the moisture in the air this morning on that cloud bank rolled through, and uh, that temperature dropped, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, so let's hope. Uh, Let's hope this thing stabilizes a little bit and guys can get finished up. It's it's a real challenge, Jay, with the high fuel prices, the high fertilizer prices, unable to get parts. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very very stressful year uh, for farmers. Right. Um, right. So, um, it, it, and we weren't going to talk about that, but since you brought it up, um, it, it the feeling I got this week nationally was. The final recognition that this this uh, this uh, disaster, if you will, it has just let loose. That people are starting to recognize that uh, you know the the inflation, the rate of inflation is it, it's just a beast. It's a machine. It's a energy of its own now, if you will. Yeah, and there's there's like yeah, like one uh, one analyst put there's no putting the genie back in the bottle now. No, no. And, and the genie is is really whipped up. Yeah. And uh, this thing, I mean, you you know, you saw Jamie Dimon's I comments. I was just going to bring and, him uh, up. You know, and then there was another analyst that that added to those comments and said, not only is it a hurricane, economic hurricane coming, it's a Cat Five economic hurricane coming. <laughs> Great, it just makes me feel so good. And of course, you know, some analysts. Uh, have said, you know, every day that goes by that we kind of prop this thing up and and don't meet it head on yeah. is a day that makes it worse on the other side. Yeah. We had that uh, conversation to a degree at the uh, Jefferson County Local Development Corporation board this past week because we were talking about the food resiliency grants that were funded through the County Board of Legislators from the American Recovery Program uh, funds that the county received, 
and they allocated a certain amount of money for us to use to do uh, grants out to uh, uh, farms and agribusinesses to in increase the amount of local food available. And I was talking to the board about you know, our timing could not be better to grow that local food right. supply. Yep. And we discussed, you know, doing more of that. And that's actually uh, one of the conversations I wanted to have with you this morning. And, and folks, just so you know, we're talking with uh, co-host here, Ron Robbins and myself, Jay Madison, uh, here on the Rural America podcast. That's actually leads to one of the conversations conversations I wanted to have this morning, Ron, was taking a look at, um, <coughs> excuse me, my voice is still trying to recover from the <laughs> from baseball COVID. game yeah. last night, um, and COVID uh, weeks yeah. ago. Um, as far as crops here in Jefferson County, obviously we grow corn, we grow soybeans, and we yeah. do pretty damn well at that. Right. But looking at other opportunities, one of the things that's come up here recently is, and this, this wouldn't be a food source, but uh, cannabis is a big hot topic. They were talking about the New York State Economic Development Conference, of all mm -hmm. things. Yep. Um, so that's a crop that's being talked about. That's going to be mostly an indoor crop here in, in Jefferson County, if if it happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are other crops that you see out there that we should that we should be focusing on or is it just corn soybeans and, and grass hay no i think i think this area you know if you look back in history has a lot of opportunity uh for growing somewhat non-traditional crops i guess is you know we grow wheat for instance we're one of the very few farmers in the county that grows wheat and the wheat is all harvested and sent to uh, flour mills in pennsylvania and because of our climate and because of our soils, we we can grow really high quality wheat here. What what variety? Uh, it's soft red winter, uh, okay. so it goes into pastries, oh. uh, not bread, but okay. pastries, uh, crackers and cookies and and that type. And you know, you look back in the you know the turn of the the nineteen hundreds, you know Erie Canal kind of uh, time frame. Uh, we were kind of the breadbasket of the United <coughs> States here, growing a lot of wheat, and and it was really because of the ability to get it to the customers and to transport it and the quality that we could grow. So you look at those kinds of things. You look at processing vegetables have have moved out of new york a lot of that's because of the business environment here right, unfortunately right. they've moved to michigan of course there's competition from mexico and other places but there again um you know there's plenty of opportunity and i and i guess you know not to you know, throw cold water on on growing cannabis in a warehouse type uh, facility, but you know, I get I get kind of concerned, I guess, when we look at New York State and uh, you know where they put their priorities. You know, it seems like we uh, we're always looking for get rich schemes. We've we've built gambling casinos and to try to revitalize areas of you know in the southern tier region and other right, places right. and. You know, years ago, we, you know, we built prisons up here and, you know, that was a real economic boon for a long time. Now we're closing the prisons and boy, it seems like 
New York State really should focus in on, you know, what can be done to foster business to, to, and whether you're growing cannabis or whether you're producing milk or you're growing corn or soybeans, how do you have a business environment that, that fosters manufacturing, fosters local economic development, keeps that money close to home, doesn't send it off, uh, you know, to be siphoned off to a faraway place. I mean, we had our economic development study here in the county. You know, those numbers were staggering, Jay. Yeah. I still have a lot of people that just, they don't believe me. And, and you know, and it floors me because we'll believe all of the other economic impact analyses that get done for all of the other sectors of our economy here in the North Country. But because agriculture yeah. was so big at $1.7 billion, there's people that don't believe it. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, they really <laughs> thought it was made up. And, and you know, for those of us involved in the industry, um, you know, when... It's pretty easy to recognize that the numbers are real. Yeah, when you when you sit and put the pieces together, it absolutely is. It and absolutely and of is. course, you know, growing up here, we talk about my wife starting her business. You know, back in the eighties, and you think about back growing up here. You know, we had the paper mills, we had the um, we had air brake, we had uh, you know a lot of different manufacturing here. Right. We had the right. mines in southern. St. Lawrence County, and, uh, you know, I can remember waiting in Adam Center for the ore train to go by, huh. you know, as a kid, wow. and uh, take an iron ore south, huh. you know, on the main line there, and so all that stuff's gone by the wayside, so, you know, hey, if we can grow, I mean, I guess cannabis, you know, back to that, it if that's the thing, and, and that's where we want to well, here's, I mean, here's my take on the cannabis. And I said this to my board of directors very publicly the other day when we were talking about it. I said, you know, uh, cannabis is, and I'm neutral. I don't care. You know, if, as, if as, as long as it's legal and that's what you want to do, that's, that's fine. It's not my business as long as you don't make it my business by making me inhale the stuff. Um, but as far as from an agricultural perspective, initially... I believe that there, you know, there's the potential for some grow businesses, like you said, the big yeah. indoor grow LED lights, that type of thing. I believe there's potential for that, and there's money in it. Uh, the challenge is going to be that just like any other crop, cannabis will eventually become that commodity crop Correct. again. Yeah, just like growing corn and soybeans. So yeah. you, you're going to have volatile markets. Um, you're, if you're just growing cannabis to grow cannabis, eventually it's not going to have the value it does up front. So first in makes the most money. Yes. And, and, of course, those first in are going to be those that come in here from out of the area. They build a, a massive facility. Right. And not only does the product leave the area, but uh, the money, the money leaves the area yeah, as in well. The end. In the yeah. end, yeah. So, and so then the other piece of that is there will be some smaller growers that will turn it into a value-added product, mm -hmm. and they'll make money. You know, if you're going to grow a commodity crop, the best thing to do is to turn it into a value-added value product added crop, at right. the end, like you folks are doing down at uh, Old McDonald's Farm with milk and turning it yeah. into products. So. You know, there'll be opportunity there for folks, but it's going to be difficult. 
it's going to be a real challenge to be a small operation, grow it, turn it into a value-added product, and compete with the giants that are out there. And yeah. we know that they're out there. We know that they're looking. And you can't say, oh, they're bad, because they already exist. Right. So so initially, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see the, the big grow operations. They'll be very profitable in the beginning. You'll see the smaller mom-and-pop type cannabis operations that, you know, make a value-added product out of it. And they'll have some, you know, they'll have some profit from it. But eventually what's going to happen is it's the same thing as tobacco. Yeah. Look at what happened to tobacco. Right. Used to be farms all over the place grew tobacco. Well, why'd they stop growing tobacco? Because it's a it's a crop that you make into a product and you burn it and you inhale the smoke. Yeah. And what happens to your lungs yeah. when you inhale smoke? Yeah. Yeah. You die. <laughs> you die. <laughs> so eventually, now that we're legalizing it, eventually the government's going to say, the, the very government that is promoting and supporting this yeah. is going to turn around and say, oh. It's bad for your health. It's bad for your health. Look at all the people dying. Look at how much it's costing us to take care of all the people dying from it. (laughs) So we're going to have to put warnings on the cannabis containers. Uh, Warning, smoking cannabis leads to lung cancer. Yeah. It's bound to happen. And then there will be class action lawsuits. Well, I didn't realize that if I smoke a, a product that, burning and i inhale the smoke into my lungs it's eventually going to lead to health issues yeah (laughs) so there'll be big class action lawsuits and they'll shut down the cannabis big operations and guess what we will have come full cycle yeah some of the crazy we don't learn from our past no no Um, no you know and you you think about that i mean they used to grow tobacco in, in connecticut and uh the hudson valley of new york and and all over the place you know so uh no i you know i i look at states jay i mean a good example uh is south dakota and uh every month we get the uh you know, we get the dairy production report, mm-hmm. and the growth in South Dakota is just tremendous in dairy. And not only are they well, adding, why is that? Well, not only are they adding cows, but they've added processing capacity and the value added side. Yeah, and and so what they did was, I mean, number one, South Dakota is a very business friendly state. It's got a great land base, got pretty good climate, um, but. They made a concerted effort there to attract... Who's the governor of... Is that Christy Christy Noem? Yeah. 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 But they made a concerted effort about 10 years ago to start looking at how do we attract processing plants here to process milk and then kind of the chicken or the egg thing. Um, How do we then attract expansion in our dairy and livestock sector and they're doing the same thing with meat processing out there yeah they're they're covering the whole gamut yeah and uh, which goes hand in hand because you expand the dairy you expand cull cows of course they already had beef industry there right right and uh and then the ripple effect into those rural communities out there where the local farmers then are selling crops to those those dairy operations Mm -hmm. and the local businesses that that whether it's trucking or supplies or fertilizer or feed, everything, that's where that economic development number gets so big. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all I, stays right there and just rolls. Yeah, and just ripple keeps rippling back yeah. through the economy, and that's that's the impact that agriculture has. Is it, it, it's a locally based industry. It, you know, talking in broad sense, it's a locally based industry, and the money just keeps pumping and pumping through that local economy. And addressing one of my concerns, it's keeping local food production correct you know, yeah. happening. Um, and, and that's my concern. For the next couple of years, I, I'm very concerned about food production. Yeah, so, food you support. know, coming around full circle here, Jay, you know, we've, you know, we started talking about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, it seems like, as you mentioned, in the last two weeks or so here, the, the focus really from, uh, has really started to zero in on what this supply chain and food supply specifically is going to look like in the next two years. Yeah. And really it's not concerned. going to be good. No, it's um, not. You can't sugarcoat it, really. I mean, it's, this is, you know, we talked about the Cat 5 economic hurricane. Uh, food is going to be at the center of that. Yeah. And local food is going to play... For those that are prepared, such a key role in helping the local economy survive mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. And, you know, that's something I want to talk to our local elected officials about to, number one, make sure that they're thinking about it. And number two, uh, to engage them in how we grow our local food supply in the short term to make sure that we don't have the problems that I think other parts of the nation are going to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to be pretty fortunate here in Jefferson County because I think we already have a pretty good infrastructure for that, and we already have a lot of support systems in place here. Right, right. Um, So we're really lucky that, you know, we've kind of had the foresight of between Extension and your office, Jay, to – to really, over the last five years or so, uh, focus in on this and, yeah. and be better prepared. A lot of places will not be. Uh, there's there's counties where if you went to their their IDA, their Industrial Development Agency, and said, "Hey, we want to talk about agriculture," they they wouldn't have time for you. Right. Uh, they right. Just they don't worry about agriculture at all. Um, and, and it's important. I mean, just like I said at the beginning. You know, Jefferson, the Jefferson County Board of Legislators, you know, provided four hundred thousand dollars in funding to a local food, uh, you know, Jefferson County Food Resiliency Grant Program to pump that money into these local food businesses to help them grow their operations, so that we are increasing that local food supply as best we possibly can. Yeah, and that's. It's it's going to be really scary times, and and thank God we're we've we've done what we've done, and and we're prepared to do more. Um, you know, there's some out there that talk about, you know, I mean, in reality, let's face it. I mean, we all know this is not going to end well deep down, <laughs> no. and uh, you know, is this you know going to rival the Great Depression? You know, you and I. Didn't experience that. We did experience the 80s. It was tough. You it know, was. 15, 18% interest rates. Uh, you I, know. I can remember with my dad and my brother going out and cutting wood out in our, our back lot 
and we were cutting anything we could to make sure that we were putting wood in the house. And sometimes we were burning it green right mm-hmm. there because the cost of fuel yeah. and supply was such a problem. And my, my parents, you know, uh, they struggled. They struggled. Yeah. So we were, we were scraping. Uh, we were scraping big time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that did not experience that. No. And, you know, a lot of our adult population now didn't experience that. They have no idea what. No what clue. Yeah. And, no clue. Uh, and it's, it's, it's going to be a real rude awakening. I, I, well, I'm going to say, I hope we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the best wrong we've ever done. Yeah, been. that will be the best wrong. You know, in the meantime, though, I think, you know, let's let's focus back on the positives. And like we said here, uh, you know, you've got some great infrastructure here for folks uh, to lean on. Um, you know, you got resources to put people in touch with local food. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of producers that are participating in producing beef, milk products, dairy products, cheese, uh, vegetables, um, you name it. So um, there's plenty of opportunity, and it's just a matter, I think, I think our key message here is, you know, not to try to, you know, instill fear, but at the same time, be real about, you know, people need to plan. Yeah, that's, that's really the message is not fear. But preparation. Yeah. And, okay, if we prepare and we're wrong, we're still better Great. off. Yeah. yeah. We're still better off. So, um, yeah, it's it's not fear. It's preparation. Because if you're prepared, you can handle it. Yeah. It's If you're not prepared, then you should be scared. Yes. So. Yeah. And that I think that has to be the key message here. And, and uh, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll see how this all plays out over the next year or so. I mean, I, I feel bad for the the average family out there right oh, now. Um, you know, uh, hardworking folks, uh, you know, going to the grocery store, then go to the gas station, and then they go to the store to buy their kids clothes and, and school supplies and other things. And, you know, we think we have it bad on the farm with the rising cost of our inputs and you know, but these are people that have a finite amount of money every week, mm-hmm. and, uh, and wages just aren't staying ahead of the inflation. No, no, all that money that was pumped into the system, uh, you know, the checks that everybody got. Guess what? <laughs> those those got eaten up, and they're gone. And you're yeah. it's this inflation is costing you a lot more now than what you got in those checks. And yeah. You know, I'll use an example, the Watertown Rapids, because that's that's a private business that I'm involved in outside of my regular work. We had budgeted, and I won't say the amounts because I don't have permission from the owners, uh, but we had budgeted for transportation costs, mm-hmm. and we have to transport our team. We play 27 home games. We play just as many away games, right. and we have to charter a bus and uh, transport those kids, those players, to the game and back. Mm-hmm. And I think our uh, fuel costs have doubled yeah. from what we had budgeted. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it's you try and run that, just that little business, yeah. uh, off of, you know, what you do at the park. And, boy, it's it's 
challenging. Yeah. It's challenging. We've really had to look closely at every little dollar that's being spent to try and make sure that there might be a profit at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, and, you know, anybody running a business right now is, is facing those, uh, you know, no matter what kind of business it is, uh, you know, everything they bring in the front door to meet the needs of running that business is costing them a lot more money. And, you know, I, we sat down just to pay bills here a couple weeks ago and from the previous month i mean we were up thirty forty thousand dollars just in overhead costs not including labor and uh you know it just the parts and the repair bills and that if you you can't even get stuff but uh so let's hope yeah uh, we have a good summer and uh there's a lot going on in the area right jay yeah yeah we've got uh on June 18th, I want to encourage everybody to come out to the Watertown Rapids uh, uh, game at the Toyota Field here at the Alex T. Duffy Fairgrounds. That is Ag Night, mm-hmm. and we've got one heck of a... <laughs> things just keep falling in our laps for that night. It's I, I'm getting concerned that we won't be able to fit in all the things they're going <laughs> to expect me to do out on the field. And, and we just had fireworks added, thanks to Watertown Pride. It's their weekend where awesome. they're doing Pride Weekend. Uh, they're having fireworks right after the game, right at the park. So oh, wow. you come on out to the ball game, and you're going to have some great fireworks afterwards. Where lots of great food giveaways. I mean, oh my lord! So that's going to be June 18th. Just go to Watertown dashrapids.com for more information on that dairy parade we're doing tonight and yeah. uh so that'll be fun hey it's going to be a good night it looks yep. like yep. Uh, no rain in the forecast fortunately uh yep. let's hope that continues and uh, uh keeping my fingers crossed and uh sounds like you got a big turnout yeah you have uh 55 entries oh, so that's awesome. that's good that's yeah. good good amount of entries lots of uh, uh, bands, oh my lord! For the people that love bands, we've got a lot of them coming. So yeah, and uh, you know we've kicked off our season at Old McDonald's Farm. We're got lots of homemade ice cream. I think they've got eighteen or twenty flavors out there. So oh, people want to come on out. Wow. I I actually snuck into the walk-in freezer last <laughs> night. <laughs> that might be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> wow and uh grab Favorite? me a couple pints and hit them in the back of the freezer in the house from my wife so uh, <laughs> what what what's what's your favorite uh, flavor that you folks make well my favorite is muddy john deere so that's uh <laughs> that's mint chocolate chip so oh really uh, yeah well that's great mint chocolate chip muddy john deere <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we've got to call it a wrap for today. Ron, you have a great weekend, my friend. Yeah, you too, and uh, good luck tonight with the Dairy Parade. Well, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully nobody runs me over. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.